File transfer complete. This is the Arizona Podcast. Stories about the people, places, and events found along the highways and back roads of the Grand Canyon State. And welcome to another edition of the Arizona Podcast. Today, we'll be spotlighting the environment. And we'll talk with Mark Eller, Foundations and New Business Director of Leave No Trace. We'll learn about the seven principles to becoming good stewards of our environment as we journey out to discover the great state of Arizona. We are all the solution to conservation, and Leave No Trace is leading the way with pioneering science, hands-on training, and some simple guidelines. This edition of the Arizona Podcast being brought to you in part by ESET, the best in award-winning comprehensive multi-platform security for all aspects of your digital life. Whatever you do online, stay protected with ESET Internet Security. And the Marriott Bonvoy card by Chase, where you earn points and elite night credits, plus a free night stay every anniversary with the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card. And by Passport America, the original and world's largest 50% discount camping club, where you can save at over 1,200 quality campgrounds across America, including almost 100 right here in Arizona. To learn more and receive some specials, visit ArizonaPodcast.com and follow the links to start saving today. That's ArizonaPodcast.com. Mark Eller and Leave No Trace, coming up next on this edition of the Arizona Podcast. Arizona drivers, there's a new app from the Arizona Department of Transportation. ADOT Alerts is a must-have app that keeps drivers informed about major events that impact travel, like severe weather, crash-related closures, or heavy congestion on holiday weekends. Using geofencing technology, this app sends real-time alerts to mobile devices located in an impacted area, helping drivers change travel plans and avoid lengthy delays. Download ADOT Alerts for free and know before you go on Arizona's highways. And welcome to another edition of the Arizona Podcast. Today, we're not visiting a city, we're not visiting a town. What I'd like to do is talk to you that's something very close to Mary and myself. And that is something we learned on the island of Maui. It was a phrase called, pack it in, pack it out. And then we decided to add a little bit more to that. Pack it in, pack it out. And if you see somebody forgot, pack it out for them. Well, with that said, that made me think of a way to talk about educating not only those traveling the roads of Arizona, those taking a hiking trail, those going to the lakes and camping and doing whatever it is that you wish to do. This comes with a responsibility. And that's when I found Mark Eller, the organization called Leave No Trace. So if you've stopped by our website, you already see that we include the seven principles of Leave No Trace on all of our resources pages just so we kind of bring it to top of mind awareness. So what I'd like to do is bring Mark Eller on and let's talk a little bit of education, understanding the beauty of what is before us and are responsible to keeping it beautiful. Mark, welcome to the Arizona Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here and to be representing my little nonprofit of Leaf No Trace. Um, we're a national nonprofit based in Boulder, Colorado, but working in all 50 states and indeed around the world. Well, I was glad to find your website. I was glad to find out what you do and 
and and the education that all of you do. And just for fun, what I'd like to do is share with you, if you don't mind, our experiences. Uh, when uh, Mary and I head out on, on a hiking trail or we're camping or whatever it is, we actually pick up the messes of those left behind for others. And I think it's called muscle memory. So if everybody would just make sure that they have a container to put trash in, and while you're out walking around, I wear a backpack, even if there's not much in it but water and a a few supplies, you can pick up on the trails along the way. So I began the, the opening of this show was understanding the seven principles of leave no trace. You know, I, I like to set things up before we get into encouraging people to try to memorize seven principles, which okay. usually gets about three principles in and then uh, leaves an awkward silence and then a, a rush for your Google device. <laughs> um, <laughs> gotcha. It's not so much to me the, um, the crux of the matter to memorize seven principles verbatim, but I think a lot of it begins with an attitude of being, wanting to be a steward of natural areas and of public lands. If you have that impulse and you are wondering how you can be a better steward, we certainly at Leave No Trace provide plentiful amounts of information from the seven principles themselves, but uh, in all sorts of formats. The essence of all of that work is to get people to take that stewardship role. Not everybody goes to the you know more heroic end of the spectrum and cleans up after everyone else or brings receptacles to uh, clean out a park on their own, although it's always truly inspiring when people do go to those lengths. But a lot of it begins with that impulse to be a protector of nature and to learn a little bit more about small, easy-to-follow pieces of, of advice that will help you protect the natural world for yourself and for others. I think it's a wonderful idea. I had no idea that your seven principles that you guys follow, I didn't think people would memorize those. To me, it's, well, for lack of better words, common sense. Some of the things I, just yesterday, talking about trying to get things together with you and to make the interview happen, um, my wife and I were on the Colorado River and pulled into one of the city parks. Every 12 feet on the river's edge was a trash receptacle and then another five feet out to the road that would lead you to the parking lot where you brought your stuff in at least every 20 25 feet there were the giant receptacles the ones that the the trash trucks come in and and dump out for you on a behind a commercial building and it dawned on me as i'm sitting there in the parking lot looking there was trash on the ground what is it does it take to as you said, be a good steward of your environment. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that tact of education as the most efficient way to keep natural areas protected is certainly at the core of my organization. So, you know, there are what we tend to refer to as rules and regulations about you know, where you can dump and what you can dump and um, rules and regulations about which trail you can take and which trail you can't take or whether a bike is allowed or not allowed, things like that. Rules and regulations only get you so far. You know, telling people you have to do this or we're going to give you a fine, it certainly can be effective and and we don't pretend and leave no trace that there's no need for rules and regulations. We we certainly want everyone to adhere to those and know them. But um, the impulse to protect natural areas goes a little deeper than that, we think. And Education brings you into places that you wouldn't necessarily be able to regulate, but when you give people good, actionable advice, they're willing to follow it. Um, So the scenario you describe of a natural area that's got 
plenty of receptacles, but people still aren't using them. A lot of that is trying to establish norms of behavior, right? Get people, mm-hmm. people often take those cues uh, that they see even subconsciously. Okay, this is a place where people just dump their stuff and they're not paying attention to where it goes. And that's in a situation like that, even something that seems as obvious and benign as a cleanup effort can have a lasting impact because people then start to see, hey, this is a natural area where it's not accepted to leave your stuff wherever, where they really are intent on getting visitors to deal with their trash and litter responsibly. And so we look for all the ways through signage, through education. Um, That can be from a uniform staff member or from a community member who's comfortable talking about Leave No Chase, but all the ways that we can inspire people to take care of natural areas, and that goes well beyond just what the restrictions and rules uh, posted signs would would tell you to do. So is the Leave No Trace Foundation and the organization, do you get into the school-age kids? Do you get in the elementary schools and the middle schools, and are they receptive to being educated? Very much so, yeah. And we have worked and will continue to work with young people wherever we can. A lot of people come to know Leave No Trace through a scouting experience. So. Ah. Boy Scouts of America and Girl Scouts of the USA have long been champions of Leave No Trace, and we work with them to train their staffs and their instructors so that those kids continue to get really good quality instruction in Leave No Trace. Uh, We work with um, youth summer camps, the ones that, particularly the ones that specialize in outdoor experiences. So any camping program can join our camp accreditation. So we, yeah, we look for lots of channels, lots of ways to get to people at a young age. But, you know, you, of course, you're never too old either to uh, to learn and pick up a few new tricks. There's plenty of techniques that you can learn as you progress through your, your outdoor skills. There's been a lot of talk in recent years about the number of fairly new users to outdoor spaces and right. the need to reach those people. Uh, with Leave No Trace, and that's a really important topic as well. And, of course, a lot of those people are in their adult or even senior years but just haven't had the experience. So we, um, in a friendly way, in a way that avoids scolding or scapegoating new users, try to give, look for whatever avenues we can to bring that Leave No Trace message to those people as well. And one of the other um, journeys that you take with Leave No Trace is Uh, not only respecting the land and the environment, but also respecting wildlife and nature, correct? Yeah, super important topic. And uh, I think I I heard the other day that over 60% of outdoor uh, adventures, people cite intending to see or view wildlife as an important part of the experience more than half the time when they venture outside. So, you know, from birding to uh, sportsmen who are hunting to people who are there to just catch a glimpse of, let's say, a buffalo in a national park or some something like that. Those are all important interactions with wildlife, and we have a lot to say about how to optimize those experiences, both for the viewer and for the viewee, the wildlife. Yeah, safety is one of the other things they need to look at. You just brought up something, especially during COVID. A lot of people were in lockdown, and then uh, some communities and states 
uh, allowed for people to go out as long as they didn't. We called it our tribe. We had our tribe that we would then go out and journey and, and enjoy the outdoors when it was allowed. But like you said, there's a lot of newbies, uh, the adults and the seniors that went out and don't understand what the responsibilities are. Uh, I mean, we all say that we can respect wildlife and the land. Uh, one of the things uh, I know that the uh, Leave No Trace is famous for would be uh, leave what you find. Again, Mary and I uh, always make sure that we don't take anything from the land we're walking on. And, and we hope the only thing we leave behind are our footprints, which has been a captured phrase for decades. I'm hoping that people that are listening to the show today can understand that there's, you can go out and hike the trails and, and you can take all the education you want with making sure you have plenty of water and uh, let people know where you're going. I mean, there's this whole laundry list of things that you need to do. But I think one of the things that's missing a lot, and, and we see it all the time, is this, hey, it's me, this is what I want to do, this is where I'm going, and I owe nobody anything. When you go out and enjoy it, I'm not going to police. I, I'm, I'm certainly not the guy that will walk up to somebody on a trail and ask them to quit smoking, and I won't ask somebody to, to do those things. But I, again, common sense is the most important, and you do have an obligation if you take that trail. Somebody had to put the trail together, an organization or a National Park Service, and your job is to respect it. I don't know how you educate people. Yeah, well, I think we all have experience better and worse versions of that right yeah um you know nobody likes to be scolded and i I think i alluded earlier to the fact that there is a tendency sometimes to scapegoat this that or the other group as you know it's these new users that cause all the problems right right in fact sometimes it's the most experienced users that feel the most privileged to do what they want to do and ignore the sign that says this trail is closed oh i've been coming here for 20 years i i they can't tell me not to hike this trail um, those kinds of attitudes are challenging to overcome, but we're um, aware of, and in fact, actually put a lot of research time into testing and being methodical about finding out what types of message deliveries have the biggest effect. So I'll tell you a fun one that we're doing right now in some of the national parks here out west in, in um, Grand Teton and Yellowstone and I think we're beginning some of the same work in Rocky National Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, is life-size cutouts of large animals like elk or buffalo and asking visitors, hey, would you, would you participate in a little experiment with us? How close do you think is close enough to view but not too close to be dangerous to this uh, cutout if this were a real animal? And we, also, we measure that. We we compile the, the data on what messages are most effective. Is it a message about awe and respect for the animal? Is it a message about your personal safety? So our research department conducts those types of experiments along with biologists and park staff, compile the results and publish papers in journals that cover like recreation management type issues. So we really have dedicated ourselves at Leave No Chase to being fact-based and not just opinion-based on how you get people to pay attention to these cues and reduce their impacts in natural areas. Well, you have me quite curious. What what seems to be the average distance of a wild animal? Most people will say it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, of course, on the animal. Um, but, you know, in the, a lot of cases, those large beasts in the field, uh, we tell people that 
200 feet is absolutely going to be safe. 100 feet is probably a safe guideline. Um, a lot of wild animals, you can do a very simple trick of holding your thumb up in the air at arm's length from your body. And if you can't obscure that whole animal's body with your thumb, you're probably too close. Oh, that's brilliant. So that's what we call the thumb rule. Yeah. Oh, And brilliant. that is, uh, people don't realize that moose right now are among, or actually the most deadly wildlife encounter that people have in Colorado because obviously it's a very large animal. Yeah. People are curious to see them, you know, and you think of your predators and your bears and things like that as the sharp teeth and big claws, but a giant moose poses a huge threat to your safety. And obviously we know that, um, if it's protecting its young or you're in between it and something that it needs oh, to get yeah. to, that's a bad situation. So using those um, cues and giving people, like I said earlier, not just a, a rule, do it because we said so, but a reason. Why is it important to give that animal space? What is the guideline based on? Those are much more effective teaching methods than to just post a sign saying, you know, don't get anywhere near the moose. My wife and I loves to snorkel when we're in the Hawaiian Islands, and the rule is you are not to bother a sea turtle. So you keep your distance from the sea turtle, whether on shore or in the water. But the the rule that applied there was kind of interesting. It's okay if they come to you. They're just as curious about us as we are about them. I just would always say, you know what, it's kind of cool to swim with a sea turtle, but as long as you don't touch them and mess with them, or maybe you're right. Maybe they are, they're protecting something, and maybe you should just move on and get out of their way. Yeah, and that's a great example of where the first principle of Leave No Trace, plan ahead and prepare, is a vital step in almost everything we do. You could easily argue it's the most important of the seven principles, but you know, planning ahead and preparing may entail learning about what's going on with the turtles this time of year. Are they about to go on the beach and lay their eggs? Or are they coming back into the water after that period and are exhausted? Um, no, knowledge is power, and knowledge is also in, crucial for protecting wildlife. Uh, we should probably touch on wildfires right. because it's uh, the West, and we both live in very fire-prone states. And so giving people that really simple, actionable advice, like being able to put your hand into the coal bed of a fire that's been properly extinguished and doused with water. Correct. You know, it's easy to pour a couple cups on it and think, okay, that's probably fine. But our guidance is if you can't stick your hand right in there and know that the coals are completely down, then... And that, of course, is all assuming that fires are even allowed, right? I mean, in many places, this West, they yeah, won't it's not, be allowed. Yeah, it's not allowed. Even in, yeah, even in the best of circumstances, but not universally true. And if you are going to have a campfire, um, there are some, again, just easy-to-follow practical things that you can learn about that are going to ensure that it's a, it's a safe experience for everyone. Part of the principles that you have also is sticking to the trails. You had brought that up that... Uh, respecting what they're telling you to do when you see the sign that says the trails close, they don't put that up arbitrarily that, oh, let's inconvenience people that have traveled long distances to get here. They're putting it up there for a reason and, and one needs to take heed. Yeah. And you may not, 
you know, the agency may not have the time or capacity to, to tell you all the reasons why. Um, but that's where we know that one of the vitally important things you can do is to combine signed messaging with um, good, clear instruction, the most effective combination, and this is another one that we have researched that bears it out, is verbal instruction from a uniformed staff member, a ranger typically, mm -hmm. combined with signage using um, similar talking points so that the, there's reinforcement of the message in both the signage and the verbal instruction is a really, really effective way to change people's behaviors. Just the sign or just the instruction on its own, not, not as much. And another good remedy is to have a, a docent or a volunteer. Uh, it does tend to help if they have that visual cue of having some sort of park logo or emblazoned on their shirt sure. or jacket. But, you know, that kind of um, messaging, and, and it really is key that it's delivered consistently uh, with the same talking points and not confusing to the user, like, well, this sign said, don't go here, but this sign said, enjoy the whole park and go where you want. You know, right. things like that can be very, a lot of people don't go into a natural area with bad intentions, but they're either not getting an adequate chance to find out what is required of them. Um, you know, there are always going to be some bad apples as well that sure. are willfully ignoring good advice, but they're kind of a lost cause, <laughs> frankly, to some of what we do. And that is, I think, by far the, not the majority of impacts that happen in natural areas. There's plenty of instances of people that don't in their heart have any bad intentions, but simply need better cues, better instruction, better knowledge of, of what to do. And I think it could be done in a very tactful way, like you said, where you're not scolding somebody. Uh, on a recent camping trip my wife and I took, um, we had to go to the ranger station to get the camping permit. It wasn't one of those things he did online. Hey, I have it. I printed it out. I'm gone. Um, you literally had to walk up to the ranger station to get your, uh, you had your form and you paid for it in advance. But before you could even go to the camping site, you had to have their special permit that would sit in the dash of your car. And I bring this up simply because I was educated by the ranger before she handed me the pass. She actually mm -hmm. took the time to walk me step by step as to why she's going to explain the following. And if you don't want to listen, that's fine. Be on your way. It was one of those things where we need to tell you this for a reason. And even though you've camped here before, we're going to share with you these things, which I have to tell you, I appreciate it. I didn't take it as a scolding and I didn't take it as, yeah, I already know that. I know raccoons can literally, you know, pick a lock. I get that. But I wanted to hear it. I wanted, it's like the people sitting on an airplane where they try to tell you before you take off all the emergency, where the exits are and how to use a mask. Yeah, I've been through it a couple hundred times. You don't need to tell me again. I say keep telling them. Sometimes it, it does have to become uh, muscle memory. And I know that to watch somebody throw trash down on a trail or a water bottle on the trail. Was it really that hard to carry the empty water bottle and use the receptacle when we get down, you know, from the, the hiking trail? I don't know. I, it, there's got to be a way. And again, it all boils down to common sense. You you learned it in Boy Scouts. You should remember it when you're 50. Yeah, no, it, it's true. But, you know, uh, ain't nobody perfect out there at the same time, you know, and we always point out that leave no trace is uh, an aspiration. It's not 
right. a, an actually achievable goal. So, um, well, that's that, that you know, that's brilliant. There you go. It's <laughs> we know, but let's try. Right. I mean, we yeah, and I think people really one of the one of the cool things that one of our um, we have traveling teams that um, go around the country. Subaru sponsors this great program, and they're wonderful educators, and they visit natural areas, and they train rangers on the latest leave no trace techniques and things like that. But one of them told me once that um, leave no trace is incredibly empowering to people if they're not confident about their place in the outdoors, right? And we have a lot of, you should have done this, and you're not experienced to do that type of messaging that goes on. But if you're taking the time to learn the the basic principles of leave no trace, it can really empower people to feel like, Hey, I might not be the fastest trail runner or the most knowledgeable camper in the world, but I'm not hurting the environment. If I'm following these seven principles, if I'm learning the local regulations and, and abiding by them, you can hold your head up high in any outdoor situation and know, um, Maybe you're not the superstar, but you're not really doing anything to harm the environment. And that alone is quite an accomplishment for any outdoors person. Going through your website and learning all the things that the Leave No Trace has to offer, both in nudging and education and uh, sharing the reason why you want to do these specific things. It's, it's, I know the things I want to check these out before we go, you know, tie down the load in the back of your truck the right way. You don't yep. ever have to worry about stuff flying out of the back of your truck. So I do plan ahead and, and go through that list of what you have in your seven principles. I don't think they're, I don't think you get to number three and then, and then not want to do the other four. Um, but I wouldn't expect anybody to memorize these. Again, they all fall under common sense. Yeah, I think largely they do. There are some things that are more intuitive than others, and, and I think we all learn things about Leave No Trace every day when we when we really are being mindful about what we're doing. One, one thing I should point out is that the state of Arizona has been really proactive about strategies for reaching visitors. Um, right. We've worked in recent years with many great organizations, but um, especially I want to give a shout out to the Arizona Tourism Office, which has been a wonderful partner and developed Leave No Trace messaging that applies to both residents and visitors of Arizona and really provides good, thoughtful advice about how to plan a trip, how to conduct yourself when you're in a natural area. They've avoided just kind of repeating the principles wrote over and over again. They've, they've made them specific to Arizona. Uh, we've done that with many other entities. Um, Sedona has a great program, again, working with their tourism folks and various nonprofits around um, Flagstaff and Sedona, particularly has had a lot of great initiatives going on recently. So, and it shows. Uh, we are, yeah, we are, we're excited about that. It, it's something that's happening on a national scale, but I don't think anybody's really ahead of Arizona in terms of trying to bring that leave no trace message to its visitors, especially when people are in that critical stage of planning a trip Mm -hmm. and knowing that they're going to visit a natural area. And like you said, if you can get them some cues about, Hey, before you get your permit, we want you to read this advice or we want you to, to know about these seasonal concerns that are going on right now. 
um, Arizona as a state is doing a great job of trying to get that information in front of visitors. Ash, I love your seven. I think that the seven principles, it's not too few and it's not too many. Yeah, it covers you in uh, a huge range of situations. I mean, you've got a lot of varied terrain in Arizona from high peaks to canyons to, you know, everything in between. And the the seven principles is a really flexible framework that applies from beaches to mountains to all that kind of good stuff. And so if you've taken the time to learn those or we have a couple versions of it that are maybe a little easier for the novice to come to, there's um, a series of social media tiles that we've been using called Leave No Trace Basics and just trying to really um, distill things down to the most memorable and graphically pleasing ways to express it. But that all that advice kind of has a body of knowledge will have you covered in pretty much any natural environment that you visit. So what's the future for Leave No Trace? What's on the agenda for the future? Well, I think that, like we started out saying, um, education is the key. And so we've, uh, through recent years, like everybody else, figured out a lot of great ways to get information to people when you can't be face-to-face. We do online trainings. There are free classes you can take. You can find things on our website um, by going to the events pages, and, and some of those will be events that are in person, but some of them will be things that you could do from your computer or even your phone. So finding delivery methods that reach people kind of where they are and um, give the Leave No Trace perspective a friendly, engaging twist, I think that's going to be our future. It's what we've been doing for 30 years, but you have to keep up with the times and and find the right way to reach people kind of where they are. A lot of people find it very hard now with today's economy to donate, to find extra cash in their pocket to be able to help organizations and the visions that they have. So if you were to take some people, uh, I understand you, you need finances. I know you work with foundations and you get corporate grants and the programs you mentioned uh, Subaru will give them another plug. They're part of the program as well. What do you, what can you ask of those that can't give financially? What resource uh, does Leave No Trace have? Can they? Is there a brochure that they can download in a PDF and maybe print out on their printer and share it with somebody? Is there? What is it that they can do to help you besides the financial contributions? What else can they do? Yeah, and I. I Never. I've worked in nonprofits for a good long time now, and I never expect anyone to donate to a nonprofit just because they've heard one scintillating interview on, <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, you know, it usually takes some time to develop an affinity for the work. And like you say, to look at all the ways you can be involved, which are not purely by writing a check. I mean, of right. course, we're a nonprofit. We, we value um, very highly the, the folks that can reach into their wallet and make a, even a small contribution. Um, but you could do a free online awareness class. You could connect with your local natural area and ask, um, hey, do you guys have Leave No Trace education? It sounds really cool. If you don't, can I help you bring it to your natural area? Um, each of our states has a volunteer state rep, and you can find those all on an interactive map on our website. Of course, I need to say the, the website name. It's Simple, it's LNT, or it's actually it's Leave No Trace, spelled out, leavenotrace.org. 
and you, that'll get you to a map where you can see where we're having events, see where you can find free things that you can do with the organization. You can contact your state rep and send them a message. So, yeah, we certainly try to provide pathways for people that go beyond, hey, just send us some money and we'll, we'll do good work. The best that we can do for you to, to, to at least do our part with the Leave No Trace organization uh, we've put you on the front page of our website, uh, calling you one of our friends. Do you encourage them as well to promote you on social media? Do you have a hashtag where they say, hey, I just heard Mark on, on Arizona Podcast. Check him out. Hashtag Leave No Trace. Yeah. In fact, right now we have uh, a campaign that's also called Hashtag Leave No Trash. So that's focusing obviously on that part of the work that we do. And that's kind of a fun one where you can... Um, get involved and even record the types of waste you're finding in outdoor areas and where they're found. And we're compiling that data for, as I said before, we try to be quite data-driven in our approach to all this stuff. So, um, But, yeah, we're on all the, the major um, social media channels and, uh, you know, whichever is your favorite, all the way from the old fogey of Facebook down to TikTok and probably whatever else is new. Um, we're there. We're trying to get the message out. We want to engage with as many uh, audiences as possible. Um, and all the links to the social media platforms are found on the main leavenotrace.org website. I'm glad it's working. I hope more people can uh, at least learn. I, you know what? If we can get one person listening to the podcast that takes action, then we have succeeded. It, it does take one person at a time. We didn't touch them. You talked about them. So what I'd like to do before we part friends here is the seven principles of Leave No Trace. Plan ahead and prepare is number one. Number two, stick to the trails. Number three, trash your trash. Number four, leave what you find. Number five is be careful with fire. Number six, respect wildlife. And number seven is share the outdoors. And personally, my, my personal opinion, those are all number ones. So, I mean, it's just, just look at the, the list and go, yeah, I do that. Or look at the list and go, I need to be more careful with this one. And I need to start following that one. I don't think, like you said, don't try to memorize what they are. Look at them. Find the one you're lacking in, or if there are more, we'll do tent camping somewhere, and I make it a point to leave it cleaner than the way I found it. And that even includes as we're tired and we need to go home and take a shower, I'll rake out my campsite. You know, it's like you're doing it for the next person. Let's pay it forward. And those little actions become, again, I'll use the phrase, muscle memory. If you do it every time, it just becomes natural and part of the process. Yeah, it's great. And it, it feels good, too. You know, I think there's a, a well-earned feeling of satisfaction from knowing that you went into the outdoors, not just as a consumer of the natural world, but as a steward of the natural world. And um, that enhances the experience. It's a more enjoyable outdoor experience when you think of yourself in that light and you know that you've there's there's good reason to believe that the actions you took, even if they're simple, modest actions, uh, are contributing to the, the greater good for the natural world. Mark Eller, Foundation's a new business director for Leave No Trace. Thank you so very much for making this happen on the Arizona podcast. We are linking to your page at Leave No Trace. We hope people come by. Again, it's not that tough of a thing. Just go to ArizonaPodcast.com and click on the link. You'll see it on the right-hand side of every page we have. It says our Arizona podcast friends 
Leave No Trace is the one that's there. Click on it, go, learn what you can. And again, don't try to memorize the seven principles. Find the one you're lacking in and focus on it. And you'll make it all right. Mark Eller, thank you so very much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the interview, for the link, for all of that exposure. I uh, really appreciate it. Happy to come back anytime. Program terminated. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Podcast. For more information on our podcasts, the people, places, events, or the sponsors heard, visit ArizonaPodcast.com. Available for download everywhere.